0: All right, well, thanks for the uh, introduction, Keith, and good morning, everyone. Um, Yeah, it's a real privilege and honor to be here. I am rather nervous and feel like, oh my goodness, this is crazy, what am I doing up here? Um, But we'll just roll with it, and whatever comes out of my mouth, I hope and pray that it is um, even just a little bit encouraging to you, that it maybe spurs you on in your walk, gives you something to think of. Think about challenges you, whatever it might be. I just I lift that up to the Lord, and I'm just gonna do what I have to do here. So, <laughs> did any of you get outside yesterday and enjoy the beautiful sun? Yeah. Yes, it was awesome. So nice to finally be getting some nice weather. Um, I did, and I have an awesome sunburn to prove it, right on my face because I was standing outside without a hat for a couple hours. So that was brilliant. But uh, for those of you who know me at all, you know that my face goes red all the time anyways whenever I'm doing any sort of exercise or under pressure or feel like I'm in a spotlight. So I think it'd probably be red anyways, but I got a sunburn and it doesn't feel great. Um, so yeah. Like I said, I, it's a huge honor to be up here. And I'm nervous and it feels strange looking out and seeing so many people who have, throughout my life, poured so much into me and been mentors to me, leaders to me that I've looked up to. And this morning I just, yeah, it's weird. Now I'm up here speaking to you, so like I said, I hope that what I have to say encourages you. What I'm going to talk about today is, if the slide works, intimacy with Jesus, how other things can creep up and become idols to us, they can get in the way of that intimacy. But when we abide in Jesus, and we'll get into what that looks like, when we abide in him and are connected with him, then our lives produce good things, fruit. But first, before I get into that, I want to give a little bit of background into who I am, where I've been, where I've come from, and where I've been going. So most of you know, but for those of you who don't, I am the oldest of eight kids and big family that's really shaped who I am. Um, Loving parents. I have two amazing parents. Um, My family, we live in a small house in the country, and again, that's been uh, something that's really shaped me, I think. Living in close quarters with my family provides uh, lots of opportunity for good things and uh, growth, I will say. We've got, uh, like I said, property, we've got farm animals, so lots of good, healthy outside stuff. Um, My mom and dad chose to homeschool myself and my siblings, so that's another uh, large formative part uh, in who I am. And this morning I just want to give a plug for my mom and other mothers who pour their love and effort and energy into their kids. Uh, For me, that was so huge, a a foundational thing that I can build my life on. So thank you, Mom, and to all of the other mothers or people who do mothering in their lives. We appreciate you today. (laughs) So lots of stuff I grew up. um, Hockey was uh, a big passion for me, something that I um, was really into, meant a lot to me for family-dynamic reasons, just because it's so demanding in terms of time and finances, we had to cut that out, and that left me pretty angry and bitter for a little while. That was around when I was 12 or 13. And what happened sort of in my life next, the next period that I'm going to be talking about is what I've come to call the dark years. I generally had a bad attitude, a poor outlook on life, was discontented with life. Um, I'll get into that more in a little bit, but I'm thankful that didn't last too long. Then uh, high school sort of happened, and it had its ups and downs like everyone else. I was really into sports and working hard. I love learning, and I wanted to do really well, so I worked hard to get good marks. And I also had a pretty serious relationship while I was in high school, too. And then, coming off all those things last year with high school wrapping up, I just found myself just questioning, okay, what's next? Where do I go from here? And I, I was sort of realizing, you know what, I'm not really where I want to be in terms of my relationship with God. I'm just feeling like something's, something's been missing over the past years, and and before i go off to university i really want to spend some time wrestling through some things getting to know god more going deeper with my faith making it my own and and healing and lots of different things so that was last year that was my my gap year i wanted to go deeper with god and seek and search and among other things he opened up so many doors and closed some doors but one of the doors that he opened was working here at church and just um, really being mentored by Keith and the other staff members here, which has been really wonderful. It's it's not always been, I will say, the most thrilling thing, <laughs> but but in the day day in day out um, routine of it, um, I think it has really made a huge difference in me, my life, and it's been amazing. So thank you, Keith, and um, others you know who you are so being at church um, I learned so much from from Keith and others doing the discipleship class that we've had here serving here and in other places as a ski coach and doing lots of other volunteering I really wanted to know Christ I really wanted to get to know him more and deeper to serve him and glorify him by producing fruit in my life but I often found myself wrestling with scripture and finding more questions than answers. And I started to see a pattern in myself at the time and then looking back on my life, just seeing a pattern of really not putting God first in my life. Yes, wanting to. Yes, being committed to him. But then when you really get down to it, being devoted to and driven by other things more than I was being devoted to and driven by him. I wasn't really abiding in Jesus on the whole. Um, and and uh, I will explain those things. So the the first thing that really jumps out at me was uh, my experience with with hockey and and how when that was taken away, when that was done with, I was just left feeling bitter and angry, and what that says to me now is that I was just full of pride and selfishness. That, that had become an idol. That had become something that I was deriving my, my purpose, and it was, it was too high of a, a thing for me. It was taking God's place, I think. And then in the, the dark years... I was really seeking and driven by the approval of others, wanting to, to be cool, wanting to be in the spotlight, wanting, wanting the approval of others, which, especially peers, which, as I've been wrestling and learning this year, I'm, I'm just realizing that, no, we need to seek the approval of, of God and look to Him for that, Anyway, so that was another idol for me, being um, driven by the approval of others. And in high school, lots of ups and downs, good things. It's, it's good that I wanted to work hard and get good marks. But really what happened is that that again became an idol. It became something that was driving me and that I was too wrapped up in and holding up too high instead of being devoted primarily to God and then through that, um working hard to serve him, but no i was i was I was seeking good marks as an idol. That desire drove me rather than my desire for God um, And at this point, I want to switch over into talking more generally about us people in many areas in in my life, I was pursuing things other than God, good marks approval, selfishness ambition, even relationships. I was pursuing those things more than God, and I think that that's something that we all struggle with at times, whether we realize it or not. Wherever we are in our walk with God, I think that we can have a tendency to slip into idolatry. Now, idolatry, when, when we hear that, we think, okay, maybe that's, that's something that the Old Testament Israelites struggled with. They had, like, clay idols that they bowed down to and worshipped. But really, it's not just an Old Testament issue. It's pervasive throughout the whole Scripture, especially the New Testament. It's something that we can all struggle with. Because an idol isn't just a clay object. It can be anything, even good things. Anything that captures our hearts, our minds, our affections more than God. Um, That is a quote that I took from a book that I read this year and I found really good. I'll just share it with you so you can see it. This book, Gospel of Treason, I think, really was... Gave me a lot of things to think about and chew on. So idols, things that capture our hearts and minds and affections more than God. I think, like I said, all of us have a potential to struggle with these things. And idols can be good things like your hobbies, your job wanting to be fit, physical, physical fitness. Food can be a huge thing. Sports, pride, I'm sure it looks very different to all of us. What's my next slide? Oh, yeah, there's that. I forgot about that one. That's what I just said. What's next? Oh, not yet. Okay. <laughs> um, and idols always come between us and God. They always come between us and having full intimacy with him. I'm going to be reading from John chapter 15, verses 1 to 17, where Jesus is talking about our int- intimacy with him, abiding with him, and relating that to a vine and its branches and the connection there. Um, that's, that's what I'm going to be getting into and in explaining uh, the intimacy for thing with Jesus. But before I do, I want to talk about vines a little bit, because a couple years ago, I worked in a greenhouse growing tomatoes. This is not my greenhouse, but I would walk up and down the aisles with my snippers, pruning the plants, taking off excess, um, dead, sick leaves, things that were not helping the plant produce fruit. And one of the main things that we'd be pruning off, snipping off, are things that we called suckers. In this picture, you can see the vertical, the main vine, the branch sticking off the side, and then there's that little shoot in between them. Those are suckers. The branch takes or gets its life, its water, its nutrients from the vine. That's how it lives, of course. But the sucker pops up in between the branch, and the vine, and it starts taking that life stealing those nutrients, stealing that goodness, and going off to produce its own fruit. And the parallel that I want to draw here is that I, I see with this metaphor that we get in John chapter 15... Jesus, divine, and we the branches, that idols come between us. They come between us, the branches, and Jesus, divine, and they start sucking that life out of us, sucking the goodness that He's wanting to pour into us, sucking that out, and, and stealing that intimacy with Him. So, anyway, that's just a, a side thing that I wanted to say. And now I'm going to read this scripture, see what Intimacy with God looks like what God wants for us, I think. And um, I'll stop at points and explain, so you can follow along on the screen. Jesus says that I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Now remain in me, as i also remain in you no branch can bear fruit by itself it must remain in the vine neither can you bear fruit by yourself unless you remain in me so what we're getting from this is god is the gardener jesus is the vine where the branches it's his will that we remain and abide in him like i said a branch gets its water and nutrients its life from the vine and we receive our spiritual water and nutrients, and life from Jesus when we remain in Him. It's God's will that we remain in Him. And what does that look like? Daily relationship. Seeking Him. Walking with Him. In high school, uh, it was generally accepted that when a teacher repeated a point multiple times, twice, three times, then that point was important. In this passage, this and Proceeding from here, Jesus says to remain in him or abide in him. Seven times he says that. So that's important. We need to really think about that, think about what that means in our lives. That's what I've been wrestling through this year, and I think that's something that we all need to wrestle through. What does it mean for us personally, for you personally, to remain and abide in Jesus, to have that connection? So carrying on. So I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Oh, not yet. So what's this fruit that he's talking about? It's good works. It's selfless love. It's building for God's kingdom. It's the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, and so on from Galatians chapter 5. That's this fruit. And we can't grow that on our own. We can't produce that on our own. It's only through connection to the vine, abiding in him. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask what you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. That's an interesting thing. Think about that and pray about that. What does it mean to... What's, what's he saying when he says that when we ask whatever we wish, it will be given for you? I think... Maybe we don't take that as seriously as we should. I don't have all the answers, but I encourage you to to think about that. What does that mean? Pray about it. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete My command is this, love others as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. So how do we remain in Jesus? How do we remain in his love? And abide in him? It's by obeying his commands. That's what he says right there. It's by obeying his commands. And what are his commands? Well, in Matthew 22, Verse 37 to 39, Jesus says that to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength is the greatest commandment. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And here he says that we're to love others as he has loved us. So those are his commands. But what does that look like and how do we do that? Well, we can, I think I have a slide. Oh yeah, I have a slide. The Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 13 give us a good idea of what it looks like to love. To love selflessly in the way that he is saying here, but it isn't always easy. It's sure not easy when it comes to actually living it out. And I think that it's something that we all need to wrestle with. We need to ask ourselves, okay, so he's saying, abide in me, and to abide in me you need to obey my commands, and we know his commands, but we, I think we each need to wrestle out what that looks like in our lives. And I've been trying to do that this year. I've been failing a lot and realizing just how, how much brokenness there is in my life, but wanting to wanting to love others in the way that he says. And these are four things that just throughout the year have been standing out to me as as ways that I can do that. These are things that have made a difference in my life, and I encourage you to think about it in your own lives. So for me, it's confession of wrongs. It's when I've made some big mistakes, and it's loving others means confessing those things, and seeking healing, and asking for forgiveness in relationships, and that can be really painful, and hard, and look different for each of us, but that's one thing that it's been for me. Another thing is serving in situations where you won't get anything back, selfless love. For me, it was coaching this year, spending lots of time volunteering um, with little kids and lots of different ages, especially as a ski coach and a mountain bike coach and uh, in other places. Giving selflessly and not expecting anything back. So those first two are sort of the the love others side that I've been resting through in my own life. This third one is the, okay, how do I love God with all that I am? It's earnestly seeking God daily. It's praying over and over again, Psalm 139, Father, search me and know me, test me and see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's been huge for me this year. And lastly, for myself, I so easily fall into, fall away from being spirit-minded. The spirit, in Romans chapter 8, Jesus, or Paul, gives us a good idea of what it means to be spirit-minded. It's, it's life and peace. It's the things of the spirit, the fruits of the spirit. But I have such a tendency to fall away from that and to, be selfish, to to be prideful, to be to go back to the ways of the the flesh, sinful ways. So for me it's just deliberately, I am going to be spirit-minded. Father, help me to be spirit-minded. Help me to dwell in you. To to be filled with your fruit, your love and joy and peace. It's a deliberate thing that I have to do throughout the day. And Maybe that's applicable to you in your life. Like I said, these are things that I've been wrestling through this year trying to figure out, okay, how do I really obey God's commands? So I encourage you to also do that. And <laughs> Most of you are older than me and further along in your faith journey. Maybe you've already got these things figured out or certainly more figured out than, than me. So just, but I think that we can still wrestle with them no matter where we are. So carrying on again, Jesus goes on to say that you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear much fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give to you. There's that again. We should think about that. What does that mean? And finally, this is my command. Love one another. What's my next slide? Good. So... That, that's the end of the, the section of Scripture. So what do we do with that? We need to think about it. What does it mean to abide? It means to obey His commands. What are we going to do with His commands? What's that look like in our lives? And what can we do this afternoon if we have idols in our lives that are coming in between us and God? Maybe you know what they are. Maybe you don't know what they are. But the first step in having that intimacy with God in abiding with him is removing the stuff that's in between us. For me this year, it's just I've wanted so badly to, to have intimacy with God, to know him. But I, I picture him, God, in, in terms of that, just saying, Jacob, I'm here I haven't gone anywhere, but look where you are. Look what you've allowed to come up in your life and come in between us. Look at the the things that are suckers in your life, that are sucking my joy and peace out of you. Look at the things in your life that you're holding up above me, that you're pursuing more than you're pursuing me, that are commanding your heart and your desires more than I am. So this year's been... Wrestling through those things. Mostly it's been acknowledging them. I haven't, of course, figured it all out. I'm not perfect all of a sudden. I still, of course, struggle with those things. And we will, because we're still in a sinful and broken world. <laughs> but that's what we need to do to to figure these things out and come come to him. So what do we do this afternoon? to start dealing with our idols and start abiding with God. Well, first identify and name idols if you know what they are. Identifying them, writing them out might help you get some... Just framing it a little bit more to understand, okay, this is, this is where my issue is. This is the area that I need to work on. And then you can give it to God in prayer. You can journal about it, how, how you're making progress so identifying and naming them. Throw them out if you can. <laughs> if, it's, if it's something that's throwing outable, do it. <laughs> Just get it out of your life. <laughs> but it's usually not that easy. Because a lot of the time, I think they really work deep into us and we find that we're depending on them. So it's usually not just a matter of throwing them out. And sometimes that can just lead to more, more trouble. So if it is something that is going to take some, a longer period of time to work through, well, again, start by naming it. If you can, bring someone else into it. Make yourself accountable to someone else, another person. A friend. Having somebody else to hold you accountable might help. But definitely lift it up to God in prayer every day. So bring it to someone else. And replace the idol with something else. Replace it with abiding. While, while I was thinking of these last points, I, just, I looked up ways that you can get over addiction because I, I sort of see it similar. Maybe addiction can be an idol to some people. And one of the, the top things that they recommended for people who are trying to get over an addiction is to... Okay, so you've taken it out. Now replace it with something else because if you leave that area empty, if you leave that part of you empty, it's going to be so much harder to stay away from it. So replace it with something else and I think that we need to replace it with abiding in God and being connected with Him, connected with His life or His the life that He brings to us. And that's in daily devotion. That's in earnestly seeking Him. That's in reading His Word and praying and being... Connected with a community that is, as a community, seeking God. Faith community. Serving. So replace the idol with something else. So, that's still hard. (laughs) That's still something that we need to wrestle with. It's easy for me to say that. It's another thing to do it. But that's where... It's it's an individual thing. So take that, chew on that, think about it, pray about it. Identify them, throw them out if you can, work through them, tell someone else about it, and replace it with something else. And and so just coming back to this this idea of abiding in God and, and wanting to remain in his love. Well, First John tells us that we love God because he first loved us cuz we're not it's not we're coming to him and seeking love he he loved us first and is wanting us to come to him we didn't choose him John chapter 15 what we just read says that he chose us and he appointed us to come and abide in him and it goes on to say that we can't do these things on our own. We can't bear fruit on our own. It's only through him, only through connection with him, only through the life that he gives. So we're not in this alone. Um, The next thing that I want to do as I'm starting to come to the end. Yeah, good, that worked. I want to read the lyrics of a a song that as I was preparing this came to mind. Actually, one line of it came to mind. The line was selfish ambition and my pride. And I was like, what is that song? And I asked my brother and immediately he was like, yeah, that's the one. And he was right, so good job. My brother's awesome. Um, I I feel like in a lot of ways this, this just encompasses, hits the nail on the, the head with where I've been going with this, what I want to do, because... Well, let me read it, and then I'll talk about it. <laughs> and this is by... Um, who's it by? Ren Collective. Maybe you know it. Everything's on the altar now. No holding back, no holding out. In view of your matchless sacrifice, take every treasure, take this life. All that I am for all that you are, my Lord... All that I have for all that you are. You're the pearl beyond price, greater than life, all that I am for all that you are. The selfish ambition and my pride, I'm giving up, I'm letting die. In these empty hands, I have it all the pure joy of knowing you, my Lord, as it's only in surrender that I'm free. Selfish ambition and my pride are huge things that I've struggled with and continue to struggle with, but I. I want those gone. I want them to, to die, to give them up. I want everything to be on the altar. No holding back, no holding out. I, like I said, I just feel like this does a nice job of summing up sort of where I've been, what I want. I want. I want to surrender fully because... Jesus is the pearl beyond price and greater than life. Nothing, that, nothing else is worth more than knowing him and being connected with him. There's no idol that can possibly be compared to, compared to the surpassing value of knowing him. So think about that and chew on that and what does it mean in your lives? I can't remember what my next slide is. Uh, not yet. Go back to that one. <clears throat> so moving forward, what I just want to share with you some of my thoughts because now you know a little bit of where I've come from and what I've been going through. And what I'm asking myself now is, okay, so I want to abide in Jesus. I want to be connected with him. I want to obey his commands. And what is that going to look like throughout the rest of my life, or specifically in the next thing that I'm doing, university. How am I going to live this, live this, in that, at LU? I don't know. I want to get involved with campus ministry. I want to keep serving at camps, Dorian, seeking God earnestly day to day, continue wrestling through these things, continue just giving up my idols, giving these things up, taking them to God, being honest with other people about how I'm struggling. Another way that I I feel that I I want to continue in moving forward with this, with um, loving others and obeying His commands is, yeah, it's being involved at camps, but I don't know, I just feel a special desire to connect with with boys in their adolescent years who have had troubled families, maybe who haven't had a, a dad. I don't, I don't know what that's going to look like in my, in my life, but that's something that I, I feel a desire. I think that's going to be maybe one way that I, that I love others as Jesus loved me moving forward. I'm not sure what that's going to look like yet, but I want to keep serving and earnestly seeking God. So what about you? Hmm, where did it go? There we go. What are you going to do to obey his commands? What would it look like to have a bit more freedom from your idols? To have a bit more intimacy with God? To be connected with him, to abide in him like a branch in the vine? To obey his commands and abide in his love? And that's what I want to leave you with. Those thoughts. And I think that's all. So friends, I invite you now forward to the altar. Uh, whatever God spoke to you about today, uh, whatever's on your heart, maybe it's an idol or maybe it's a dream that you have for yourself, these are good, good things to come and to take the bread and dip it in the juice and uh, remember that God is with you, he chose you um, and he's reaching out to you and waiting for you to reach back. So I invite you this morning to come up, uh, the table is set. And everybody here is welcome.